Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert. This is episode 271. Hey, I know that song. That's the Tetris music. That is the Tetris music. There's an old joke about the Tetris music. Is there an old joke? There's a recent joke because I had no idea what it was last time you used it. Uh, yes, there is an old joke about the Tetris music, but I'm not saying it right now. Maybe we'll say it uh, at the end of the podcast, because right now we got to talk about Project L. Project L. So this is a game I'm not familiar with. Um, you mentioned it. I like the pictures of it now, and it looks pretty neat. So I am looking forward to finding out more. It is pretty neat. It is Tetris, essentially. It is an abstract strategy tile laying game, I think. This is the best mm-hmm. way of describing in one word where you are going to be having these puzzle tiles that are arranged in a deck and you have puzzle pieces and your job is to take puzzle pieces and put them on the puzzle tiles. If you fill up the puzzle tiles, you get points and other rewards like more puzzle pieces, uh, continue running through the game to get the most amount of points possible. Uh, if you're playing multiplayer, the goal is to end the game when the, one of the tile stacks runs out and whoever has the most amount of points wins. If you're playing solo, it's more complicated than that, but essentially you're trying to get the most amount of points to win. Okay. Well, that sounds like a very straightforward game. Yes. I I think it's going to take me more time to explain the solo version than the rules for the game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's, that's neat. Sometimes it's fun to pull out a game that's just easy to play and, you know, it just doesn't take a lot of effort or thinking. Yes, indeed. I certainly think so. So shall we continue on through all the different parts and top- topics? Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's so Tell me about those rules that you just about did. So first, I just have to mention, there's an aesthetic that this game does to be very austere. So everything is printed on black, but it's white on a black background. The rules follow through the tiles all through the box follows through. And I'm already talking about components, but I I wanted to mention this about the rules because the rules become more striking, I think, because they've picked to do it that way. Um, The game is not a particularly complicated game. Um, The rule book goes through and explains in detail how to play, how to go through, how to end the game. And frankly, almost the entirety of everything you need is on one page. Now, you know, there's the how to set up, there's the what things there are, but the rules themselves fits on one page and that's all you really need. The solo variant takes two pages. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's interesting. Does the first thing say, set it up like the one-player game, but make these changes? Let me see. You know what, Albert? Just for you. Uh, No, it does not. It has a whole specific (laughs) setup. Nice. Wow, okay. They could afford the space, though, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So the rules are simple and easy and straightforward, so I have no issues with the rules. Shall I talk about the components, Albert? Yeah, let's talk about the component. The component. Oh, I guess you're not going to talk about theme. <laughs> there's no theme. We're just going to skip that. I'm just going to skip. Theme. We're week. absolutely skipping theme this week. I want to talk about the. Fair components. enough. <laughs> the components are amazing. 
So let me talk about first the puzzle, the, the pieces. Um, so the pieces are various Tetris shapes. So you start with yellow squares and then there's green rectangles and then bigger rectangles and L's and turny bits and bigger squares. And finally the ghost pieces. So all those pieces are these thick, chunky plastic. They're not made out of wood. They're made out of plastic, but they're really thick. They're chunky. They're not tiles out of cardboard, which all this could have been. Because mm-hmm. they're out of plastic, they feel really nice. All of that has a nice a nice feeling as it puts into the tiles. As I mentioned, putting into the tiles, there's a deck of tiles, which are the puzzles that you have to do. So each tile has a puzzle of different complexities. So like there's white tiles and there's black tiles. The white tiles, are the ones you can be finishing early. And so like, it may just be a simple plus or a line um, and slightly more complicated to be like, you know, six, seven things arranged in a row. The black ones are much more difficult, but they give you higher victory point values. Those are actually dual-cut cardboard pieces. The slots for where the puzzle pieces go into are cut out. So these are not little cards. These are double pieces of cardboard each, which hold all the tiles in place, which is crucial because this is a game which has, you know, a lot of you know, polyominoes, essentially, a lot of Tetris pieces being laid down mm-hmm. on a puzzle meticulously, and you don't want to bump them, especially because you're going to be moving a lot of pieces here and there, trying to maximize it. You're usually working multiple puzzles at once, and all of that is really important for it to be stuck in place, and by having it be dual and set, it really holds together super well, and that's... it. it it did not have to be that way at all. And the fact that it is, is just such an immediate draw for the game. You would, you would not think that an abstract game, something that is this austere has components that I'm raving about, but I'm absolutely raving about how nice those plastic pieces feel Mm -hmm. to set them in to the puzzles that you're working. It is really good. Yeah, they look really nice. The pictures on BGG look fantastic for this game. They really do. They they look they just look great. Bright, bright, colorful plastic pieces, and like you said, the, the black backgrounds are just make everything very striking. Yes, I they, I imagine they, all this cardboard and plastic means it's a heavy game. I mean, not too heavy <laughs> because there's not a whole lot to it. Ah, because okay. it's just the tiles and the puzzle pieces. I could weigh it. But no, it does not take up too much <laughs> okay. room on the shelf. It's a tall okay. game, but it's not a heavy game. No. Ah, it looks like it'd be heavy. Okay. It is not. Um, so, and then in terms of, so I have the the deluxe one with the expansion in it. So I have these wells that hold the tiles and game trays inserts to hold the different puzzle pieces. Um, if you get a box without the expansion in it so it does not have the game trays so the puzzle pieces are all not organized instead you're just supposed to put them in a big giant bag and then throw them on the table if that's the way you want to do things go for it all more power to you i feel like i would need to have an organizer for all the different pieces just because i want to be able to easily sort it out and have everything nicely laid out that's the sort of you know 
That's the, that's the sort of person I am. I like to have things <laughs> nice and neat. Uh, looking at my desk, you wouldn't believe it, but whatever. <laughs> I like things to be nice and neat as much as possible. And so I would want to have the game trays almost feel like it's a requirement, but you, you know, you don't technically need it, but the game trays are really nice. The box is really nice for that one. There's a lovely insert that comes with the box itself to be able to store and organize all the different, all of the different pieces for all that there are. That sounds, sounds very good. Sounds like it's a really well thought out. Well, a project made with love. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very deluxe, which is great. And there's a piece that looks like a coin with a letter L in it, or, or um, yeah. that is part of the deluxe part. Okay. Um, the the deluxe project L game um, with the expansion, it comes with these coins that are used to try part of the expansion thing. That essentially they're like mini challenges that you can get, and you have to go through it. And if you get those challenges, you get coins. I'm not even discussing the expansion because I've not played the expansion enough because I really okay. like the base game and I've never played the expansion solo. So I'm, I'm just not discussing it today. Okay. But it be... exists. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's good to know. So if you, if you get the expansion, you have more ways to play. So if this sounds promising as a game, then, you know, it could be even, there could be more to it. So it may have some, some legs, Indeed. so to speak. Indeed. So, shall we continue on? Yes, please. So, let's talk about the gameplay a bit. How about that, Albert? Okay, let's do that. So, first, I'm going to talk about the gameplay for a regular multiplayer version of the game. So, this is one where there's it, it's similar to Splendor, how there's a river of tiles that come across and a deck. There's the white ones, which are the easier puzzles, and the black ones that are the harder puzzles. On your turn, you get three actions that you're able to do whatever it is that you want or do one of the various different actions. Um, the main actions that you're going to be doing is you're going to be taking a puzzle. You, there's the de- puzzles that are available. You can take and hold up to four of them in front of you. You can take a level one piece from the reserve. So level one pieces are the smallest possible squares, or you can upgrade a piece, which means each of them go along a specific upgrade route, which Hmm. if you have the insert, it flows through the insert very neatly. If you don't, there's a card that each player has in front of them to show what the upgrade route is. You get very used to it. And I don't usually even play with a card anymore at this point in time because I just know all of that upgrade route. But the upgrade route essentially mm. just adds another piece to the piece. Like if it was a single square, so it's now two squares, then three squares, then four squares in one of the different orientation layouts. So you can upgrade a puzzle piece for an action so that it can be bigger. Or for an action, you can place a piece on one of your puzzles. So if you have a piece that needs one more spot, you put it on there, you fill it out. When you finish it out, you get the rewards. If it's worth points, so then you'll hold on to the tile till the end of the game. If it gives you a puzzle piece as a board, so it'll have a puzzle piece written on the top corner, you actually get to pick that and add that to your reserve. You'll then empty all the puzzle pieces out of the tile, flip it over, and you can then use those puzzle pieces again on subsequent turns to fill out other puzzles. You well, also so this ha- is this is a puzzle piece building game sort of thing then? 
Yes, puzzle it's an different. engine builder because you are getting wow. more puzzles pieces by completing puzzles and upgrading them so that you have more puzzle pieces to do puzzles faster. Because towards the end of the game, you're going to be running through the difficult puzzles really fast and a final rush to start getting the black puzzles. I see. Does does it feel like does it feel arbitrary which pieces you get, or is, does it feel like there's some strategy in getting the right shapes and that sort of? There thing? is most definitely strategy because ah, to get wow. some of the better shapes, the puzzles are harder, which means that they require more pieces. So you don't necessarily want to get bogged down doing those, but on the other hand, you want to be working towards those at the same time that you're doing the other ones because it gets you the better pieces and the, and the more points. So if you're just taking all the easy puzzles, you'll have a whole bunch of small level, small level pieces. But if you're taking all the hard ones, it'll take you too long to finish them and you won't ever get the good, good stuff out. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So, that sounds really neat. There's a lot of push-pull on which ones you get and what strategies that you want to go with things. Now, I haven't even gotten to the biggest strategy part of this. The biggest strategy part of this is the master action. So I told you that it takes one action to put a piece on one of your puzzles. Hmm. Once per turn, you can spend an action to place one piece on each puzzle that's in front of you. And you can have four puzzles in front of you at once. Mm -hmm. so theoretically you can use one action to put four puzzle pieces out that is a huge amount of action mm -hmm. compression you're very yeah. much encouraged to use the master action as much as you can but you have a limited number of puzzle pieces if you use the master action you're like i've got all my puzzle pieces out and i can't complete any puzzles i have to now go slow and i have to just take a level one piece and then upgrade that piece and then put it on and you're slowing yourself way down because you've got all your puzzle pieces filled up with other things. So you have to be careful to use that right to finish off pieces, to finish off puzzles, but at the same time you're continuing to work to other ones. So I mentioned before that sometimes you want to take a mix of easy and hard puzzles because you'll use the master action to, you know, slowly throw a piece or two of like, the small level one squares into something or things like that, or start slowly working towards a more difficult puzzle while you're rapidly filling out one of the easier puzzles. So all of that, you know, flows together and the master action is where a lot of that challenge and skill comes out being able to use that. Well, I know that when I've played this with new players, they don't use the master action enough. I tell them, use the master action as much as you can and as well mm -hmm. as you can, because that is where the winning strategies are going to be. Yep, that makes sense. Like you said, that, that action compression is, is really helpful. Exactly. It, basically getting free actions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, and, and so if you're getting three actions and one of your actions you can place four tiles, that's how you got three free actions. That's how you got a double turn. Yes. That's yeah, that's great. You just have to have enough pieces to be able to use that well and the right puzzles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go poke a couple questions. When you place pieces in the puzzle, you're not allowed to move them afterwards. They have to you're stay where they are. You're not allowed to move them afterwards. Have to stay where they are. Do the colors matter until you complete the puzzle? It all in terms of placement or is it just for shape or something like that? Just for shape. Each shape has its own color. So when so you'll continue going until one of the puzzle decks, until the black puzzle deck is empty. 
When the black puzzle deck is empty, which is the harder version of the puzzles, when it's empty, that will trigger the end of the game. Everyone gets to take an extra turn, except the person who triggered end of game, and then you'll do finishing touches. So you sometimes will be left off like just a little bit more to be able to complete a puzzle. So you can spend points to get extra actions. So you can spend an a-, a point to get an extra action. Mm-hmm. That will be used to finish off puzzles. So you can place pieces with those actions. You can't take more puzzle pieces, but you can use those actions to place just to be able to finish off a puzzle. Usually that's good because let's say something's worth five points, but it's going to take you three actions. Well, you at least get two points out of it. It's not as good as getting mm-hmm. five points, but at least you get two points out of it. Every little bit helps. Exactly. Once you've done the finishing touches, you'll finish off the final scoring, count up how many in your deck. Whoever has the most amount wins. Well, okay. That sounds simple to play, and that sounds fun. Exactly. Um, There is an expansion that comes with the basic version of the game, which is the Ghost Piece expansion, which is essentially an extra level of pieces that you can only level up to with certain rewards. When you level up to that, it becomes a white piece, and then as an action, you can break that white piece into component pieces and put those component pieces similar to a masterpiece across different spots. Uh, it's not as it's possibly not as good because then later on it takes multiple actions to use those pieces, whereas right now it takes only one. But it's bigger pieces. It's it's not my favorite expansion for it, but it's it's mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's handy when you can use it the right way. Yeah, sure. it just adds a little bit more. It doesn't. It still maintains the streamlined feeling of the game. So I I do. I appreciate it being in there because it just adds a little bit more difference to it, but doesn't bog down with too many rules. Albert, let me tell you about the solo though. You ready for this? Yes. So the solo has a different set of set of instructions. And I actually find it funny that the advertisements for the different games, usually when you see an advertisement for a game, it's got a setup for multiplayer. Um, The advertisements for the game actually have have what appear to me to be, a solo setup <laughs> That's funny. humors me to no end. Uh, but yes, the marketing for the game actually has a solo setup. So I, I think we know how it is that they made the game when you're setting it up. Instead of setting up the puzzle in just a set of two rows, you'll instead set up in three rows of three. Uh, which they call the puzzle grid. You'll then stick some of the basic yellow squares on top of the different areas And those are considered, the ones on top of the columns are called locks. So instead of being puzzle pieces, the ones that are on top of the column are called locks. Um, You take your turn as usual, but whenever you take a puzzle, uh, whenever you take a, a puzzle tile from one of the puzzle grids, you remove one of the locks and give it to the opponent. Okay. When the opponent takes a turn, what they do is if there are no locks on a puzzle, if there are no locks on a column, rather, then they can just take it for, they could just take the best possible puzzle and instantly complete it. It automatically counts as a point for them. They cheat. If they can't take a puzzle, instead, they have to remove a lock. And so what they'll do is they'll remove a lock from, and I think it's from the, least most one second 
Yeah, so excuse me. If they can't take a puzzle, they'll remove locks. They'll remove one lock from each of the column, theoretically unlocking it for later. So often that's when it's unlocked for them, it kind of wants to be unlocked for you because now you don't have to worry about accelerating their game. You can now do it. But it can be tricky. Um you'll continue racing. You just don't have to deal with your opponent having to actually make stuff. So the solo game just works via these locks. You'll continue racing with the opponent, seeing who can get the most amount of points. Whoever gets the most amount of points uh, wins the game at that point in time. Okay. Did you say there's one lock on each column or multiple? Uh, There's two in the middle at the beginning of the game, and then they have more in their supply. So... Yeah, and they'll be and they'll be relocking when they take puzzles off. They'll be unlocking it when they can't. So the locks are going to be going back and forth. Ah, uh, so there could be strategy in in which place you take a piece from and unlock something. Right. Hopefully, causing because, the right thing to then later get relocked or whatever. Right, because you may want to sort of shuffle them into pulling spaces that have lower point tiles or that don't have the ones that you want to get. Like if there's a spot that has a really good five one that you really want to get, you can take that from them, but then, you know, that's the lock that's going to be unlocked. So maybe they'll take that as well. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds interesting. So this is nothing like the multiplayer game. It doesn't, doesn't sound like it'll even feel like the multiplayer game. Is that true? It does not. It does not feel okay. like the, the multiplayer game because you have to make, a different set of consideration. My, the, me playing it, what it is that you're doing still feels like a multiplayer game because it's essentially, it's essentially just a turn timer. It's just a slightly randomized turn timer with an extra set of thinking that you have to do to be able to control it. All the stuff you're doing to put puzzle pieces out to be able to consider where your things should be going and what all to do, that all is there. But there's an extra element of, well, which locks do I want to do? How do I want to prevent him? What do I want to be thinking about letting him get? And it just adds a little bit more to the game. And it's mm-hmm. a tiny bit more. It's a tiny bit. It's not It's not a lot. It's just, it's, it's a tiny bit. And it keeps the, that, that I think you said it's like a river of tiles coming out. It keeps it a little more dynamic, right? If it was just you and there's no bot touching anything, then. You could it, sit here and just yeah. study the puzzle for hours, I guess. It, it has to be that there was some sort of randomness, some sort of push and pull that's taking mm-hmm. months away from you. It could have just been, you know, you get X amount of turns and you roll a die to see which ones it takes. I mean, this one targets stuff. <laughs> yep. It targets the ones that you want. It targets the ones that you're aiming for because if you clear a column, it's, it knows, hey, you want that column also. So it pushes you to make strategy decisions. It pushes you to think about the game slightly different ways. And it's mostly the same skeleton of a game. It's, mm-hmm. it's mostly all the same thing. It really gives the same feeling. Sometimes I will ding a solo game for for marching too far away. This one doesn't feel like it's marching too far away. It's just that the, they made the solo AI sort of into its own little mini game. And it, it is what it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I like it. No, that, that sounds fine. I mean, maybe this will be, this will demonstrate about 
my thoughts on it. The lock tokens in the game are just yellow squares, right? Mm-hmm. But the yellow squares aren't locks, and it should be locks, right? So I 3D printed some locks to be locks <laughs> because I wanted to, you know, add so some extra locks. Nice. cool stuff okay. for the game. <laughs> so does that mean that the red squares are unavailable in the game or are there just enough? No, there's plenty of yellow squares for enough people. Like you can play with four players. Those mm-hmm. are just okay. the, like what the other three players would do. So now, you know, you just have to uh, empty all of the yellow squares to make sure you have enough locks. Like when you're playing on hard and there's not a lot of the locks. So yeah, if you're playing on easy and there's less locks so that they're taking more often, but if you're playing on hard, you have to like empty all of the yellow. <laughs> okay. Unless so, you print there, some out. There's enough. Okay. That's cool. That's neat. That's a neat idea. Just print out some little locks too. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can use, I, I mean, I, I printed, I 3d printed the lock tokens because I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really like project L. I really like the gameplay of it. I wish the solo was a little bit easier to run because I have to look up and refresh my memory about what the, if thens is it that it does. And I have to remember, it's not as smooth. It's not like, super logical about what it is that it does but it makes sense after you do it a time or two and you you get into the flow but it's not super intuitive it's not super obvious but it's not so bad that it holds back from enjoying the game you really still enjoy the puzzle of moving all the pieces around on your tile and playing the game itself so that's that's all really good stuff mm-hmm. yep that plus sound it's gorgeous bad. Yes, it, it look it does look really nice. The the box looks nice, the components look nice, everything about it just looks nice. And like you said, it's not big. I'm looking online, it looks like the box is about eight and a half by eight and a half inches by two tall. So that's that's like the size of a one of the Cosmos two player games. For the basic taller. one, you're saying? I guess so, yes. I yeah. I assume the other one's and, a little bigger. And the basic one's only about thirty bucks, by the way. Is it okay? It's only about thirty bucks, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad at all. And that's and you're basically playing with a basic when you said you're not using the component. The, you're only using the tray really from the the uh, deluxe edition right now. You haven't even tried the the rules and stuff in it that it brings. Oh, I've tried them. I've I've played oh, the okay. multiplayer. <laughs> ah, okay. But in solo, you're totally satisfied with just the basic game. Yeah. So so if somebody wants this game for just solo, yeah, you don't necessarily need to splurge on the. Now, let's say I get the basic game and I really like it, and I want to get the expansion later. Is that an option, or do I? Just it have is. To you buy just have to buy the master box. Okay, and that brings the stuff I'm missing. Yes. Okay. Very neat. And this is made by who makes this? Board Cubator. Who? Board Cubator. Board Cubator. That's a funny name. I've never heard of them. Like Incubator. Yeah, but with a board. <laughs> That's a very funny name. I like it. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, I've played a few other games with like Tetris shaped pieces that are solo, but th- this is nice. Uh, the uh, the laying flat, having all the pieces around you to play with, just sounds also just sounds more fun. Also, in a way, awesome. Very cool. Yep. Thank you, thank you, Julius, uh, for unscrambling this game for us. 
My pleasure, Albert. All right. Have a good night, everyone. All right. Bye-bye, all. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.